Wealth can be measured in many ways. As it grows, life can quickly become complex, creating the need for more focused planning. Welcome to We're Talking Money with OmniStar Financial Group. OmniStar has been helping clients achieve financial success for more than 20 years in a client-centric and stress-free environment. With a reputation built on a long track record, working with people who want to grow and protect their assets, OmniStar illuminates the blind spots and provides actionable strategies to help you achieve what's most important. This is where you can count on straightforward and unbiased advice from a team of professionals who are passionate about your success. Welcome to We Are Talking Money. I am Phil Clark, and today's show will cover everything you want to know about the market pullback, where it's headed from here, and are we reaching a bottom? Maybe we've already reached a bottom. Market pullbacks indeed are opportunities. Not always easy to see that in times like these. But things are not as simple as saying buy when the markets are down. The coronavirus-induced market turbulence is affecting everyone but how it affects you depends upon your goals and objectives. That is, if you can control your fear, and that is a tough thing to do in this environment, the headlines by themselves create enormous fear. After all, that is mostly what is happening at the moment. Reactions are based on fear. Don't get me wrong. We recognize that these are scary times, particularly for those in or nearing retirement. Nevertheless, regardless of your age or place in life, we consider market dips an opportunity, not a threat. And speaking of fear, remember that what you hear on the news, that's not likely what you're experiencing in your portfolio. That's because Omnistar investment strategies are designed to have lower beta and standard deviation than general indexes, such as the S&P 500. Risk-adjusted return defines an investment's return by measuring how much risk is involved in producing that return, which is generally expressed in a number or numerical rating system. We apply this to every client portfolio to ensure risk is reduced as much as possible without sacrificing total performance. For example, many of our clients in recent weeks have experienced losses of approximately 10%, but if you look at the S&P 500, it's down nearly 30%. That's a big difference. Now, before we move on, let's cover a few points that I think will help add to today's podcast. The impact of coronavirus on the economy continues to escalate, and there is no question it calls for adjusting our GDP estimates or gross domestic product. Oil prices in recent days and weeks have fallen to $30 a barrel. That also warrants lowering estimates of capital investment into equipment. President Trump banned travel to Europe. Uh, Sports leagues have canceled games, tournaments, and seasons even. All of this has led us to, unfortunately, rein in expectations for personal consumption expenditures on lots of services, in particular things like flights, hotels, and restaurants. Recessionary conditions in Europe and Japan will likely continue slowing export growth uh, and possibly for the remainder of the year. And so all of these things going on create this short circuit in consumer confidence. And then there's the potential negative impact on auto sales and home sales. So a lot going on, a lot that we've covered in those points. 
Now let's try to take all of those points and add a little more to them to make this a little more clear and understandable. Let's go ahead and answer what has become the most repeated question from our clients in recent weeks. That question is, should we move to cash? The short answer is no. Moving to cash has many negative implications, and we've shared that with a number of clients via email, phone calls, teleconferencing. We've been in touch with our clients a lot over the last few weeks, and the last thing we want is for them to be in fear. But these times are are normal. They're going to happen, and unfortunately, it's part of investing. So should we move to cash? Well, the answer is no, and the reason for that is just a couple of points. You no longer receive dividends. If you're using covered calls, that premium ceases to exist. Trying to time re-entry is a long shot. Rarely do people time re-entry into the market successfully. It's almost impossible. You lock in current losses. You've heard them say, or you've heard the, uh, the old adage, you don't lose in the stock market unless you sell. And there's a lot of truth to that. If you own shares of a company, regardless of the volatility of those shares, meaning the price is moving up and down, you still own the asset. You still have those shares. And if you hold them long enough, that company likely does well and your stock price goes up. It's no different than owning rental property. I've never found a rental property owner who decides to liquidate because the value of the home went down slightly. They simply hold on to the property. They wait on it to come back in value. And while they do, much like a dividend of a stock, they collect the rent. It's no different when you're talking about investments. Unfortunately, many people don't see it that way. And when fear sets in, we sometimes forget good advice. I want to share uh, some salient points from a client call that we had this week. Our discussion focused on their decision to move into cash. During our conversation, they shared a story of a good friend who served on the executive team at Delta Airlines. Their friend, about a year ago, their friend advised them to purchase shares last year at a time when Delta was trading near $67 per share. They went on to say how Delta was well-positioned, a strong company, and when we get through all of this, Delta will benefit. Well, we agreed. However, they didn't realize at the time of our call, Delta shares were trading down nearly 50% from just a year ago. Yet, their confidence in Delta was not compromised. They were still just as sold on Delta as they were a year ago. All of a sudden, the realization struck that Delta is not the only company that will benefit when we get past the current pullback. Moreover, they realized staying invested makes sense, particularly if we believe companies will survive and do well as COVID-19 moves to the rearview mirror. Again, I don't want to underestimate what's going on, and we recognize these are scary times. I don't want to state the obvious, but we expect the economy to contract during the second and third quarters of 2020 and likely begin some kind of a recovery in the fourth quarter with more appreciable improvement through 2021. We might as well use the R word while we're talking about contraction. They are a part of our economy and they cannot be escaped. 
However, I want to point out the last 11 recessions have averaged 11 months in duration. Now, there might be a potential silver lining this time around. We think the recessionary environment will be shorter given the strength of the economy prior to current conditions. It appears likely that this coronavirus or COVID-19 will be contained in a relatively brief period. And the sooner that happens, the sooner the rebound in our economy will begin to take hold. For the last part of uh, February, and at least through the first third of March, in fact, we're going to go through the 18th, so that's today, the stock market could be described as tumultuous, and I can think of a lot of words that uh, many of you are using. The S&P 500 index, the Dow, the NASDAQ, they've all fallen precipitously, and in some cases, these indexes are down around 30%. That is significant. While the coronavirus is somewhat to blame, I think it's important to point out that coronavirus was more of a catalyst that created this fear trade. And obviously, once fear sets in, uh, you see what it can do. Prior to the coronavirus outbreak, the following criteria, in our opinion at least, set the stage for what we're experiencing today. Uh, I've got four points here. The first one is, uh, I think markets were priced to perfection. I think corporate earnings were peaking. And the third one, I think stocks were trading way above fair value. And P.E. ratios suggested P.E. ratios, uh, something on the order of the S&P was uh, around 27 times earnings. That's extremely oversold or overbought uh, or overvalued. P.E. ratios at 27 would indicate uh, an extreme overvalue, even in a zero rate kind of environment. Um, That is zero percent interest rates. Now, with the coronavirus tipping the markets into a sell-off, the Fed, uh, our Federal Reserve, has implemented the following following things to hopefully reduce some of the financial impacts. First, they cut rates by 25 basis points in an emergency meeting just a few weeks ago. They followed that move last week with another cut, actually on Sunday, uh, and they took rates to basically zero. All these things that we're talking about suggest that we have a lot of good days to come. In fact, we've already seen some of them. Consider these uh, these uh, days that I'm about to share with you. So we'll call these history-making days, and I think you'll appreciate why staying invested is usually the best course. So this is going to cover uh, trading days from February 24th through March 18th. Those trading days saw seven of the nine largest one-day point losses in the Dow's history. Those days also saw two of the best one-day point gains in the Dow's history. Let me reiterate, going to cash can mean that you miss some down days, but it guarantees that you miss up days. And those up days are critical to the long-term success of any investment strategy. So let me ask you a question. Is opportunity knocking or is this a head fake? Should we be wary and should we stay away from the markets? Well, if you're retired or some other life event has forced you to live off of your savings, naturally, you're going to be a little more nervous at this point. The headlines and histrionics of media commentators 
Those folks are adept at quickly taking away your confidence. But consider heeding the words of a legendary investment manager by the name of John Templeton, who famously counseled, buy when there is blood in the streets. It's hard to ignore that axiom because it works. I want to share some important numbers from one of our strategic resources, Argus Research. We work with them extensively. They're a a great resource, Uh, about 20 20, uh, certified financial analysts that make up the majority of their team. And uh, they do a wonderful job in, um, in delivering some very important information to firms like ours. So a couple of points. Uh, they've adjusted their outlook and expect approximately 10% annual decline in continuing operations earnings for the remainder of the year. And that will bring earnings per share on the S&P 500 to roughly $146 per share. Now, on that basis, they lowered their 2021 forecast to $162, and that's from a prior $180, so another uh, 10% reduction. On the lower earnings per share numbers, and in the wake of Monday's uh, sharp stock sell-off, everybody is well aware of what I'm talking about, just a huge, huge day in the markets, and uh, just uh, most people would describe it as carnage. Their market valuation model is now indicating that stocks are about 16% below fair value. I have to say that is a strong argument for buying. So where will the market be at the end of 2020? That's another popular question that we're hearing. Many of our clients have asked that question. We think it's highly probable to be in a range of around 2,800 to 3,300. Some may think that's aggressive or, or too optimistic, but stocks have come down to a price to earnings of roughly 17 on trailing earnings. And uh, from our perspective, we think that gives a lot of room for upside. And as coronavirus is contained, I think we get back to normal pretty quickly. Let's talk about global GDP for a moment. Uh, Those growth rates are also expected to be revised downward by most economists. Also, the International Monetary Fund, or IMF, initially set its forecast for global growth in 2020 at around 3.2%. And uh, it's important to note that was up from 2.9% last year. Now, we estimate that the cutbacks in China alone where growth was forecasted at 6% for this year, now they're saying it likely comes in closer to 2%. That could reduce 3.2% rate from the IMF down to around, say, 2.5%. Adding the fact that Japan's economy contracted 6% in the latest quarter and that Germany, well, they've been flirting with recession for the past year. 2020 is likely to be the slowest year for growth since 2007 to 2009, or as you probably remember it being called, the financial crisis. Central banks around the globe are now moving in quickly. They're they're doing their best to provide some pretty aggressive measures. Fiscal stimulus programs are definitely part of those conversations, and we expect those conversations to continue. Who knows what that's going to look like a little further down the road, but It's necessary in these times. It's hard to ignore. And when you have an economy that a global economy that is being affected at these levels, uh, the government simply can't sit on the sidelines. The unfortunate truth, however, is a lot of their bullets have been fired. But I will say I'm, I'm in the camp that says they are limited as far as resources. 
We note that budget deficits, listen, they're already high. No one can deny that as a percentage of our GDP. And for the U.S., uh, that's a big problem uh, potentially. So our central bank is dealing with an already difficult scenario. COVID-19 is just adding another layer of complexity. I want to talk about the technical indicators for a few minutes. Uh, I know that many of you hear that term. Some firms use nothing but technicals, while other firms, like ours, for example, we use a combination of fundamentals and technicals. Technicals are best described, in our opinion, as a windsock, but fundamentals ultimately determine a stock's value. Let's go through a few of the important technicals that we're watching as it relates to the bottoming process in what's been a pretty major sell-off. So the S&P 500 plunged 12% on March 16th. That was the worst one-day decline since the crash of October 19th, 1987. Now, from its all-time high on February 19th of this year, the index, uh, as of that date, is down about 29.5%. In just 18 days, uh, we saw this occur. And so uh, that is also marked as the worst decline since 1987. The index closed at 2386 and is rapidly approaching uh, an area that we've marked as key chart support that's around uh, 2350. Interestingly, that number also represents a key retracement level of 38.2% of the entire bull market. That means we went back to 2009, and, and that's how we came up with that number. But that's a significant number because not only does it mark a key retracement level, it also provides us a very clear view that the market has hit this area, it bounced off of that area, moved a little higher, and has now retested that low. I think it's important that we hold that level. If we can stay around that 38.2% retracement level, then that is a very strong indicator that we found a bottom. So maybe we hit a panic low on 316, but the fact is we really don't know yet. It's too early to tell. And let's agree, the market has a long way to go. No matter what happens, the market has a long way to go to dig itself out of this mess. And uh, risk-reward at these levels seem very favorable based on market sentiment and market breadth. Moreover, bear markets never end on good news, and market bottoms tend to occur before the economy turns positive. Other indicators of a bottom or a returning bull, if you will, are stocks trading at a discount and stocks with unusually high dividends. Heavy trading volume is another element that we consider. All of these elements are in place. The 14-week relative strength index is extremely oversold. In fact, this is the most oversold uh, that we've seen this indicator since October 2008. So in our opinion, we've seen the worst of this capitulation, and now it's only a matter of time uh, before stocks begin to move higher. The key is a sound investment policy that allows a cushion. Money market funds, dividend-paying stocks, strategies like our covered calls, and other safe and low volatility repositories that allow investors to avoid selling stocks at low levels. Now, if you're a client of Omnistar, you can better appreciate our focus on value stocks with good dividends and reasonable P.E. ratios. Such holdings are less aggressive and they have a history of lower volatility. Your investment team is working diligently to rebalance portfolios that have been thrown askew over the recent volatility, and your portfolios are being brought back to their intended balance of equities and fixed income. 
It's a necessary step in staying the course during volatile markets and an opportunity to score equities that are trading lower uh, during the current sell-off. Let's keep the big picture in perspective. I think that's good advice, and I want to cover a few points. No one likes to see the markets continuing to set one-day point drop records. And while the media continues to scream that the sky is falling, let's think about that for a moment. It's not, and we know it's not. We've been through so many difficult situations in our lifetime, and our country and our world has been through many difficult situations that were happening or that happened long before our time. Remember, though, the first few months of 2020, here's what we saw. Low and declining energy costs, low interest rates, low inflation, easy monetary policy. And now we have more aggressive measures being implemented. Low unemployment. In fact, it's at a 50-year low. A stable housing market. And banks. Their financial condition is much stronger today than it was in 2008. Many folks are asking, is this a repeat of 2008? Well, we believe that it's not. And part of the reason we believe it's not is that last point. Banks are in solid financial condition and their balance sheets are much stronger than they were when the financial crisis took hold. Given the pre-corona strength in our economy, now, in our opinion, is just not the time to abandon your long-term investment plans. We maintain that shifts in the economy can, and often do, present buying opportunities. The world, as we know it, is witnessing widespread shutdowns, quarantines. These are measures that have not been seen outside of wartime. These conditions are going to reduce economic growth. They're going to increase the odds of recession. In, in fact, we surmise a recession is already in play. However, the aforementioned point suggests we will see a much quicker return to normalcy as compared to other recessionary times. At this point, we're planning for a sharp economic slowdown, but we also stand confident that it will be short-lived. So what's the bottom line? The sky is not falling as winter 2020 comes to a close, but metaphorically, we're not immune to stormy conditions from time to time. And these periods serve to remind us why the proper gear is necessary. In this case, the proper gear is a comprehensive wealth management strategy and a team of professionals to help you stay on course. Having a plan provides peace of mind because the planning includes conditions just like these that we're experiencing today. Market vicissitudes are not new. They will always be part of investing. In closing, stay calm. Avoid emotional impulses that may not be justified. Remember, impetuous decisions based on the media's passion for selling fear is not a strategy. Try to avoid obsessing over things that are unlikely to derail a well-designed plan. And don't fear. This is not the first time that we've dealt with a dangerous and scary situation. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you soon on We're Talking Money. Thanks for joining us on We're Talking Money. Be sure to visit us at OmniStarFinancial.com, where you can learn more about how we provide value to our clients. Subscribe to the show and our newsletters, and drop us a line with topic suggestions for upcoming shows. If you enjoyed the show, we would appreciate you passing it on to a friend and providing a rating on iTunes. This podcast is a publication of OmniStar Financial Group. The content is developed from sources believed to be reliable and accurate with all information. The information in this material is not intended as tax or legal advice and may not be used for the purpose of avoiding any federal tax penalties. Please consult legal or tax professionals for specific information regarding your individual situation. 
The opinions expressed and material provided are for general information and should not be considered a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or service provided by Omnistar. All expressions of opinion reflect that of the authors and are subject to change. Any distribution, use, or copying of this podcast, other than the intended recipients, is prohibited.